With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Critically analyzing global affairs. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Round two, great first hour chat with Steve Poikonen, AM, wake up, check it out. If you missed it, uh, as always, you can go to tntradio.live, especially on our Podbean section. You can watch the video, download it, um, stream it, you know, watch it from your device offline in 2x speed, however you like to consume it, audio-only video get the app um you know tnt radio app from for your for your surveillance device smartphone um you can watch listen live um or as well listen to our the archive there as well so many options here uh, we got guests coming up brian fairchild former cia uh he's got a book out as well a novel the hidden a griff harkin novel uh, brianfairchildbooks.com you can check that out what's happening in the world this is coming out of uh, Brazil today the government and judiciary may tighten siege against freedom of expression in 2024 I mean how telling is this it's like everyone is now using Hitler's Reichstag false flag fire to take over power you know in, in Washington the DHS FBI said hey let's let's do a um Let's follow Hitler's model. Um, well, they already did it with 9-11. So now they, then they, you know, they tried it again with J-6. And then you have Brazil that has their J-8, right, today. And this article out of Brazil says, the freedom of expression crisis in Brazil could intensify throughout 2024 with members of the executive and ju judiciary continuing to use J-8 in Brazil as a pretext for information control and censorship. Some crucial events for the subject are planned for the year involving the Lula government yada 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 so tyranny has become popular around the world uh, axios reports americans expect election related violence over future losses nearly a majority of u.s adults believe there will be violence regarding future presidential election losses new polling reveals three years out from the j6 insurrection axios let me correct you there from the j6 false flag at the u.s capitol and only months away from the 2024 presidential election over two-thirds of uh, of americans feel that democracy is under threat they're prepping us for something they are prepping us uh i, I mentioned before uh angel studios came out with this um just published over the weekend the trailer for homestead which is looks just like the trailer for the Civil War film that's coming out in April. Uh, so now all we're seeing in the entertainment, in the news media, in the inter in entertainment media, I don't really see a difference. But anyways, um, it's all just Civil War, Civil War, World War Three, War Collapse, Mad Max, Economic Collapse, Cyber Polygon. Like this is literally <laughs> what they're what they're telegraphing, which to me feels like it's going to happen because that's how the predictive programming works and if they're really tele you know sending out these signals so hardcore it's like that's what they're going to attempt to carry out so grab your popcorn and enjoy the show Israel is expected to give the go-ahead to Elon Musk's Starlink satellite internet service this week to start limited operations in the war-torn Country sales will be initially restricted to official bodies, and Starlink agreed not to grant not to grant access to humanitarian 
organizations in the Gaza Strip without the approval of Israel's defense establishment. Israel wants to use Starlink to bolster wartime communications along its southern and northern borders while ensuring the service remains blocked in the Gaza Strip over fears it could be used by Hamas. That is interesting. Wall Street Journal reports today. Uh, Nord Stream probe faces resistance from Poland. Polish officials have resisted cooperating with an international probe into the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines and failed to disclose potentially crucial evidence. Those Polish officials have been slow to provide info and withheld key evidence about the alleged saboteurs' movements on Polish soil. European investigators have long believed the attack was launched from Ukraine via Poland. That's 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 probably why. Paul Craig Roberts, who I like to read, uh, he was I saw he was recently on Bruce DeTorres' show, and I bookmarked that for later viewing. Uh, Paul Craig Roberts says, unless the West's degradation results in collapse, war is inevitable. American and European peoples have no impact on their governments who serve the agendas of the financially powerful. Now that the West has demonstrated for all to see that the West suffers no shame from participation in genocide, even the most westernized Russians are likely to keep a safe distance from Washington's snares. Now that the West has completely shattered the trust built during the Soviet era, the threat of nuclear Armageddon again holds sway over the earth. In the face of this threat, all, all other threats recede into nothingness. You had Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Crawford pen a piece for Express saying at some point the U.S. and its Israeli ally are going to have to deal with Tehran one way or another sooner or later. Time and tide wait for no man and it's a moot question how long the world will continue to tolerate Iran's egregious threat to peace. Maybe the West should grasp the bull by the horns and sort out Tehran's medieval and theocratic government now before it's all too late. But you, you, know, you might have some problems. Generation Z is failing to join the military like my generation did, um, Ben Wallace uh, said out in the UK. Uh, British Armed Forces recruitment effort is in crisis because Gen Z is not signing up to serve. That's a problem, and we're seeing the turning of the tide as well. Iran backs Iraqi call to end presence of U.S.-led force. There was yet another strike on a U.S. base, oh, I think it was in Iraq or Syria, and then you've got people like Philip Pilkington for Unheard uh, talking about um, Pax Americana being over the U.S. no longer being able to guarantee the safe passage of commercial ships through key global choke points. And Iranian general has come out and said the U.S. trains terrorist groups and provides them with intelligence support, and China rejects any intervention in its domestic affairs. Meanwhile, Mexican president demands $20 billion and work permits for 10 million Hispanics in exchange for help with immigration. A lot of interesting stuff going on. Why not give TNT a follow? We're on all the major social platforms, alt tech as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, Getter, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble. Follow us everywhere. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on TNT. Be a part of the conversation. I want representation I can trust. Have your say. Biden isn't doing enough. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Today on Monday, two U.S. fighter jets flew over Bosnia in what the U.S. Embassy in Sarajevo described as a show of force in support of the country's central government amid ongoing 
tensions with Bosnian Serbs. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT news producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Samori. I, I heard a rumor you might know a little something about this area of the world. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so, yes, uh, U.S. Army Special Forces operators and members of the Bosnian military acted as forward air controllers on the ground, guiding the jets as they flew over the, sorry, Brixka, Brixko uh, and Tuzla areas in northern Bosnia. Uh, the two F-16s uh, that were part of this, basically, they were practicing like bombing airstrikes in this exercise that they did. Um, they were accompanied by a KC-135 Stratotanker refueling plane. Um, the embassy says that this quote-unquote training event, more than just training, was intended to quote, demonstrate the United States commitment to ensuring the territorial integrity and sovereignty of Bosnia, end quote. That's coming from uh, the embassy, uh, they added that the U.S., quote, will not stand by while the Dayton Peace Agreement and Bosnia's institutions are challenged, end quote. My, what's going on here? Uh, the U.S. brokered deal ended the 1992 to 95 civil war by partitioning Bosnia between the Serb Republic and the federation run by the Bosnian Muslims, Bosniaks, uh, and Croats. Uh, Monday's demonstration came as Republika Sprska, I'm so bad with this one, uh, authorities, that's the, uh, the Serb Republic, uh, their authorities celebrated its founding on January 9th, 1991, a holiday that the Muslims have sought to ban as divisive. Um, the Serb Republic, also known as RS, uh, their president, Milorad Dodik has objected to what he described as repeated violations of the peace agreement and the Bosnian constitution, saying the entity will declare independence if they continue. NATO, who doesn't love NATO, bombed the Bosnian Serbs in 1995. Oh, they probably don't like NATO. Intervening in the war on behalf of the Bosniaks and Croats, Serb air defenses shot down an F-16 notably, flown by Captain Scott O'Grady over Banja Luka in June of that year. Uh, RS officials mostly shrugged off the U.S. show of force on Monday, proceeding regardless with their January 9th celebrations. Um, Prime Minister Radovan Viskovac told reporters, quote, as far as I'm concerned, they could have joined our parade and flown their F-16s over Banja Luka alongside our helicopters, we won't waste time on them. Let they let them do their jobs and we'll do ours, end quote. In his speech, President Dodik insisted that the Serbs, quote, want peace and stability and do not threaten anyone, end quote, but will not allow anyone to infringe on what is theirs. He said, quote, to Serbs in these lands, freedom has never been a philosophical concept but an existential one, driving so many of our actions. We don't want war. We want Republika Sperska to remain our oasis of freedom, end quote. Um, and then Serbian Orthodox Patriarch, oh no, sorry, Por Porfirji uh, noted that a ban on celebrating January 9th, the Feast of St. Stephen the Martyr, would effectively mean a ban on Orthodox Christianity. 
He said, quote, we don't impose our way of life on anyone, but we cannot renounce our patron saint in any way, for that would be giving up our faith and ourselves, what is ours by the laws of both man and God, end quote. Wow, Gregory, help me unpack this one. And what do you think about the fact that it was F-16s, all things considered? Yeah, I've got no comment specifically on it being F-16s or not. Um, Not bad pronunciation, though. Uh, They don't leave the accent marks uh, here in the the Western media, but it would be Brchko, right? (laughs) The eastern town of Tuzla and northern uh, Brchko, but... Um, you know, part part of the um, article alludes to what's going on here. Basically, U.S. wants to maintain the status quo uh, that has been established since the 1990s in Bosnia. You know, here it says the commitment to ensuring the territorial integrity of Bosnia-Herzegovina in the face of anti-Dayton and secessionist activity. Um, you know, in many ways, a lot of these countries and structures and borders are artificially glued together. On the other hand, as I've been talking about, we're in the 100-year storm. So this is when all over the place you're seeing countries do what historically they do. Venezuela wanting to go take Guyana, uh, Azerbaijan taking back uh, parts of Armenia, um, China, Taiwan, uh, U.S. talking about invading (laughs) Mexico. So that's just the name of the game. And here here it says Milorad Dodik wants... the Serbian section of Bosnia, Republika Srpska, to become independent. Again, because it's an issue of sovereignty, where the empire wants to take control, territorial units want to maintain their sovereignty. Um, you know, I just had the thought as well, you know, maybe this is also a response. It's exacerbated by the U.S. peeling Kosovo away, and then Serbia's like, okay, well, maybe we'll peel Republika, Republika Srpska back to Serbia. And so all these types of games. And also, what can I tell you? U.S., you know, Croats and, and Serbs, we just fight all the time. <laughs> Not just, you know, between our, you know, Croats between Croats and Serbs between Serbs and with their neighbors. And so it's just our way of, of life. And so, uh, you know, further thoughts from you, Ruckus. Well, it's interesting to me, actually, maybe you might agree or um, you don't have to. But like here here we are again. We we've, We have an instance. This is so wild. Like. Go America, democracy. We love democracy and freedom, don't we? So much so that this this uh, small country in another part of the world expresses its desire for independence, and the United States responds by sending F-16s to go practice and exercise and just like try to intimidate everybody and, and remind everyone who's the boss. I'm like, how ridiculous is that? Like, and it's not cheap to do that. How much did that cost the American taxpayers to go do that, Gregory? Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, how ridiculous the American empire is in my eyes. That, that's kind of a good point you make. It's like, yes, we want to spread democracy and uh, allow countries to exert independence and sovereignty. And it's like, no, not that way. <laughs> it's got to be the way that we want. You know, that's real <laughs> democracy. You know, you know, case in point, um, looking back was Vietnam in the 1950s, right, which was under French imperial control. Uh, and then they wanted independence and they modeled their own constitution like on the French uh, and, and U.S. constitution as the U.S. was trying to invade Vietnam. And they were like, no, but we want to be have a constitution and be free like you guys. Why are you trying to take us over, you know, in, in, in Vietnam in the 50s and 60s? Uh, so 
I just hope the powder, the Balkan, the famous Balkan powder keg does not blow up once again. That would really stink. Uh, so, but uh, interesting times we live in, Ruckus. All right, catch up with you tomorrow. We have Brian Fairchild of BrianFairchildBooks.com, uh, former CIA officer coming on for the first time. Feel free to send in questions through the chat, email, or call in. We'll be right back. Rick Munn on TNT Radio. There was a, a statement that I saw last week that I thought was quite interesting from one of these uh, web spokespeople, the World Economic Forum spokesperson. And one thing that she said that I thought was quite interesting was she said, you know, um, there has been a little bit of a tail off with people buying into the vaccine narrative. And she blamed that on people like us spreading so-called missing disinformation. She said that climate change was a little bit too much of an abstract concept for people to really grab and get their heads around so that's not really taking off the way they want to either and then she said something very interesting she said you know what when the water crisis comes people will understand that because it's simple and everybody needs water and if you don't have water for a few days at a time you'll know all about it so maybe you know we're hypothesizing a little bit about what's what it's going to take to grab people and bring them back on board again with a world economic forum type narrative could this be what it is locked in Loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I'm just going to do a little voice. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. Caution. You are about to, about to hear today's news talk and the voice of freedom. That's what this country is all about. TNT Radio. Joining us for the first time is Brian Fairchild, who served as a career CIA case officer for over 19 years years during and after his years in the CIA. He served in Asia, Southeast Asia, Europe, the Arabian Peninsula, and Afghanistan. He writes from direct experience. He's testified before Congress, taught counterterrorism, worked one-on-one -on -one with an Arabian ruler, and served as an advisor to Afghan national police officers. He's also author of The Hidden, a Griff Harkin novel. You can uh, find him at his website, Brian Fairchild Books. 
Facebook.com and follow him on Twitter X, Ryan Fairchild4. And uh, I do find his Twitter feed a very uh, good and useful resource uh, as well. Thank you for coming on TNT, Brian. My honor. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, boy. Yeah, we had we had a chat a couple months back on my podcast, um, and you know maybe just for the TNT audience, if you could just uh, briefly, you know, you've got a long, fascinating background and experience, but um, if you want to just tell us briefly, you know, where you're coming from and your uh, background. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you know, I got interested in the CIA when I was a kid, around 14 years old. Wrote a letter to CIA. They wrote back, and. Uh, you know, actually, uh, you know, gave me a, a, a plan. I, when I wrote to him, I said, her boy, I said, I, I said, Hey, I, you know, I'm a 14 year old kid and I, I want to join the CIA. How do I go about that? And this guy by the name of Michael Todorovich, a real guy and real name, he wrote back to me and gave me a plan, the Todorovich plan. And I followed that plan, you know, from the time I was 14 until the time I was 25, when I applied for the agency, you know, did everything that he suggested, uh, took the college courses that he suggested, got a language, you know, traveled. Uh, and, you know, they said, great, you want to be in the clandestine service? And I raised my hand and, and took my uh, took the oath uh, to join the clandestine service and was in for roughly 20, uh, 20 years uh, serving overseas. I was in uh, Southeast Asia, Asia, Europe. Uh, and while I, I was assigned to China as a chief of base. Uh, and I was a, a case officer. And just to give your 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 viewers just a a quick little course, there's there are different aspects to espionage. The kind of case officer that I was was the the kind of case officer that really existed primarily in the, in the last Cold War. And it's case officers were guys like me who went overseas, lived overseas, spoke languages, stayed overseas. You know had official cover you know embassy cover that kind of thing we tried to penetrate governments and and recruit spies in other governments and and so forth and so on now that's opposed to a paramilitary counter uh paramilitary case officer who is a paramilitary officer uh, who most of most of whom were taken from the teams like seal team six and delta and uh, all the SEAL teams and the, and the Special Forces groups and the 75th Ranger Regiment and Marine Recon and brought over, you know, into CIA's uh, Special Activities Group and made clandestine service officers. Now, those guys were, were like you see in the movies, you know, they have their M4s, they got their goggles, they got their sights and they're going on helos and they're going after, you know, the terrorists. But the case officer, the kind of case officer I was, we're looking at strategic intelligence. So we want to know what the heck is the world all about and who are our enemies and why are they our enemies and what are they doing right now in these different countries that they're you know getting involved in and why are those countries willing to deal with our enemies and and uh, we're doing that kind of thing so that's that's uh, that's sort of the the you know who I am and where I'm coming from yeah and um Again, people can check out your website they can check out your novel where you discuss a lot of this sort of stuff in your uh, a book and since we last spoke things have just escalated you oh know, israel israel palestine venezuela wanting to annex part of guyana um azerbaijan having annexed nagorno karabakh things are just popping off and you know in our discussion you, you talked about the 
let's say the ax the new axis of evil or axis of resistance and things are uh, escalating there russia iran venezuela china the middle east and so uh currently what are some of the biggest threats you're keeping a pulse on well like you mentioned herboye i mean you know i've i've been preaching for quite some time now that there's a a new axis of evil and that new axis of evil is is china russia iran and north korea and for a while now for the last few years they've been bonded together they're working in conjunction with each other against us so like the new axis of evil when iran you know had hamas invade israel that's all part of the plan right and the part the reason why they're doing this is because they are trying to to make us you know use our resources and spread our resources whether it's military intelligence economic diplomatic political just just attention span type thing they're trying to get us to, to, to divide up our resources and spread them to the four winds and that's what they're doing and uh, and we as a country you know as an entity as the u.s government as an entity has not yet figured this out we keep saying as an entity the government keeps saying well you know it, it's kind of concerning that you know china and russia are dealing together and 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 some of them are even starting to say her boy that there's like They've actually actually used my terminology and they, they've said, well, there's a, a new axis of evil, but they'll say either it's China, North Korea and Iran or China, Russia, North Korea. They can't quite seem to figure out, you know, who who is the actual enemy yet. And the reason why that's important, because until you figure out who the enemy is, you can't come up with a plan to defeat the enemy. So, you know, that's so, you know, that's what's going on. And, and what I'm afraid of right now, Hawaii, is. Is we're because you <clears throat> excuse me, like you said, we're getting you know everything is escalating, and and in a, in a short period of time, in fact, just a few days, uh, Taiwan's going to have its next elections. Now it looks like the DPP, the Democratic Progressive Party, which is the party closest to the United States, the party that we've been dealing with and arming Taiwan and so forth and so on, looks like it's going to win. <clears throat> excuse me. China says. That's a, that's basically an act of war, you know, and China is doing everything it can to warn Taiwan, don't elect these guys again. So my point being that this might be a time when China is considering, you know, moving on Taiwan and but they won't do it just by themselves. They'll have, you know, things that, you know, Iran act up, Hamas act up, the North Koreans act up and Russia act up and our resources will be so you know, spread around that we won't know whether to poop or go blind. You know, I mean, it's that kind of a deal. So, you know, so I completely agree with your assessment. I mean, things are really escalating and and I'm afraid we're going, going to get to a, a point where we're going to have what we call a black swan incident. And a black swan is, is a national security incident that, that apparently comes out of, you know, uh, left field. You're not expecting it and all of a sudden, boom. Like you could imagine what would happen in the United States or with the United States government if simultaneously or in relatively short, short period uh, of time, we have a, a, a terrorist attack in the United States. Russia, you know, amps things up in in uh, in Ukraine. Uh, Hamas goes and you know does something else, uh, you know, in Israel and, you know, North Korea starts lobbing missiles over Japan. I mean, 
you know, all of a sudden we could be, you know, confronting a whole lot of different uh, things that we haven't considered before. It's it, it's funny that you say that because my recent podcast guest happened to be uh, a Vietnam veteran who flew 800 sorties in Vietnam. And he, 800, he whoa. Yeah. And he said that 2024 is going to be a bad year. There are so many black swans flying. It's going to look like midnight in the middle of the oh, day. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and Brian, if you just want to hold that thought, we're going to jump to our headlines. We'll be right back. Okay, everybody, listen up. Big news. Big news. For real big news. Here we go. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Politico reported on Monday that although Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin failed to inform the White House about his recent hospitalization, President Joe Biden is not considering firing him. French Prime Minister Elizabeth Bourne, who became France's second female prime minister in May of 2022, has resigned from her position. The Islamic State terrorist group claimed responsibility for a deadly explosion on a minibus in Kabul, Afghanistan. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're back with Brian Fairchild, former career CIA ops officer and um, author of The Hidden, a Griff Harkin novel, which you can uh, find everywhere books are sold. BrianFairchildBooks.com is his website. And you mentioned, you know, espionage um, and, and, and China. So we talked a bit about that on my podcast, but there was this news item that came up and I want to get your thoughts. Sure. Uh, IntelNews.org I follow and they're talking about how China is really the, the the MSS, the Ministry of State Security uh, of China, is giving the CIA a run for its money. And something that I've kind of been irritated with recently has have been Western influencers or alt media who have been one hundred percent pro Kremlin, pro China, and talking about the multipolar world and all that. And I just kind of. I think some of them are being paid because I can find a thousand things to complain about my three governments and these Western non-ethnic, um, you know, American, European, British, Australian, Canadian um, analysts, writers, podcasters are just talking up China and never once mentioning any criticism, which is strange for me. And in this article, it said that China has been paying and I don't doubt it. Uh, they've been creating cutouts to pay, you know, Chinese Americans as well as non-ethnic uh, Chinese, you know, like American influencers to to right. play up China. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Hervoye, I mean, like we talked about before on your podcast, I mean, the Chinese are basically running circles around us. Now, you know, I don't mean to, to hype it on just like you were saying. I mean, you know, it's easy, <clears throat> it's easy to, you know, praise it. I'm not praising them. They're just they've been doing the work and and we haven't and one of the things that you and i discussed previously was how the 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 cia's cover situation just is terrible right cia is still putting people overseas undercover like an embassy cover and that kind of thing and you know in this new surveillance tech age you can't do that i mean you know no sooner do you leave the embassy 
that you're all eyes are on you. Yeah, there's no way you can conduct clandestine missions being under official cover anymore. But yet, that's what CIA is doing. And you know, the the, the whole reason I wrote the book, as you and I discussed before, the hidden, which refers to remaining hidden below China's radar, is because I was pissed off at CIA for doing this. You know, and you know, I've been writing to them. You know, others have been writing to them on my on my Twitter. You know, I mean, you might see I I send Twitters to CIA and DIA and the Office of Director of National Intelligence and all the rest of them, saying, "What the heck are you doing? You can't do this." I mean, it's ridiculous. And and if I'm wrong in this, well, then you guys tell me how I'm wrong. And you know, nobody's told me I'm wrong so far. But the the Chinese, I mean, they use everything for espionage. I mean, they're stealing us blind. You know, I, I mean, back in 2015, for crying out loud, they went and they penetrated the Office of Personnel Management and they stole 22 million files. And all these files are of you know guys like me. In fact, what my file was one of them that was stolen. The OPM wrote me a letter and told me that and said, you know, if the Chinese or you know, if your bank account gets cleared out in the next 10 years, let us know and we'll repay you because you're one of the guys that they stole this you know, file from. And so, I mean, they've been stealing us blind for years and, and they, they steal our defense secrets. They steal everything. And you and you hear about this in the press. Right. Her boy. I mean, this is not you know, this is not something that has you've only heard today, you know, from me. And yet all we seem to be able to do for decade after decade is say, boy, the Chinese are stealing us blind. And uh, that's really a bad thing. But we never seem to be able to fix that. You know, well, as long as the Chinese are stealing us blind, they're going to keep an edge over us on technology because they're stealing our technology to build their operational weapons. And, you know, so they use everybody that goes overseas. I mean, uh, any Chinese who goes as a student, as a professor, as a businessman, you know, as an embassy official, they all got, uh, you know, they're all seconded by the Ministry of State Security who use them to soak up intelligence, soak up information on the United States. And we are, you know, like I say, you know, we're still using official cover and our guys are getting burned because if you're not undercover, China can follow you. They know who you are. If you're not undercover or you have bad cover, they know who you are. So, okay, Fairchild. So what's that a big deal? Why is that a big deal? Because if they know who I am and I go and leave the embassy and I run around doing my surveillance detection routes and all that kind of you know, super squirrel stuff, they, they're on me the whole time. You know, the cameras everywhere are on me. And so I'm, I'm, using a, I'm using a phone that spoofs and says that I'm still back at the embassy or something, but they've got me on camera, you know, and then when they go to my secret meeting, they've got me on camera, not to mention that their own officials are in, in the system themselves, you know, and facial recognition. And so the Chinese know where their own people are. They know where we are. Those two things come together. How can you keep that clandestine? You can't. You need a whole different kind of, uh, of, of cover, you know, which has to be more like, uh, you know, the way sports talent scouts seek out talent, you know, and the talent already exists and they just find the talent and use the talent, you know. So if, if, does that make any sense to you, Herboye? Yeah, you talk about that in your book. And it's almost like that's the model China is using against us. You know, in this yeah. latest report, it's that China is creating cutouts. Uh, they're reaching out. To people um uh, abroad and um 
I, I did want to ask you about this. I saw you shared it on Twitter, and I haven't asked anyone about it yet. But Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, he was hospitalized. And apparently the person that was supposed to, you know, nobody knew, uh, as far as I can recall, and the person that was supposed to in, in, the, in, in the interim replace him was like on vacation in Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. What does this say? Uh, you know, does, does this make us look really bad and weak in the eyes of the world? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I was Chi if I was Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un or, you know, Ayatollah Khamenei, I would be laughing at us. I'd be like, look at these idiots. You know, I mean, here's what they would. Here's what China would say. You know, here's what Xi Jinping in his in a conversation with uh, his minister of state security, you know, the CIA of China. This is the kind of conversation you know he would have with this guy. Can you believe these guys? They're clowns. I mean, for crying out loud, you know, we've got, I mean, how are we besting them? You know, and Mr. Wong, how are we besting them? Well, sir, well, we've got the world's biggest navy, we got the world's biggest shipbuilding, we got the you know, the you know, the only the only company the country that's really using hypersonic missiles to a, you know to great effect, and the Americans don't even have any. We, you know, we got all this stuff going on, and they you know, they keep secrets from themselves, like the Secretary of you know, Defense going to the hospital. So for a period of time there, nobody was at the at the switch. I mean, you know, why don't we just invade right now? You know, I mean, it, you'd have be having some kind of conversation like that. And but not only that, her boy. I mean, that's bad enough that the enemy thinks of us as clowns. But what do our own allies think of us? I mean, how can our own allies look at us and go? Well, yeah, uh, you guys are looking for partners in the Red Sea Task Force. Well, I want to join because your Navy is so powerful that, yeah, that'll mitigate any threats that I've got. Well, actually, that's not true. So maybe I don't want to be in that task force. See what I mean? I mean, it's, it, it, it's a terrible situation. And Joe Biden, Joe Biden is the master of appeasement. And he's appeasing all of these you know, new axis of evil. Yeah, you know, he's appeasing Iran, which is a member of the axis, new axis of evil. He's appeasing China. He's appeasing North Korea. And he's appeasing, you know, Putin, for crying out loud. You know, he can't seem to put his foot down and go, hey, we're being attacked by Iranian proxies. So let's get our military and wipe out those places that are attacking us. He can't even do that because he's so afraid that things will blow up and he won't be able to handle it, which very well might be true. I mean, I don't think you know, President Biden could handle it. But nevertheless, it, you know, America, look, America looks weak to the world. And, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to come up with strong points to suggest that's not the case. And, you know, what, what you mentioned, I was just going to bring up uh, as well, the Red Sea situation, how our own allies are not willing to join uh, Prosperity Guardian. Yeah. Um, and, you know, many things there are showing uh, American weakness that these rebels are using you know these pirates are using five dollar drones i'm exaggerating here but you know whatever fifty dollar hundred dollar five hundred dollar drones against you know million million um dollar uh american missiles and stuff and, and and winning and china doesn't seem to be bothered because they their trade routes go through different uh areas but it's hurting europe and and the west so you know your, your further thoughts on the red sea and then what's happening with israel uh and in palestine yeah i mean if you're a member well let's say let's talk about china because china is the leading member of the new axis of evil they they basically run it they're the most powerful of those four states that are anti-american and against us and coordinating their actions so if you're china 
and you don't want a strong America, what do you want to happen, right? Well, you want to have American assets in the Middle East not actually being used, just sitting there like, you know, Biden is basically saying, well, look, we got all these military assets there and we're, we're putting this task force that nobody wants, none of our allies want to join. We're putting this task force together to protect America, you know, the international shipping. And he, you know, Xi Jinping looks and says, but nothing is happening. They're not doing anything and nobody wants to join their task force. I mean, our own allies, you know, like, like Australia, you know, Japan, you know, uh, uh, France, Germany, they don't want to join that task force. Now, they used to join task forces like that because we were the most powerful state around. We had a, a, an extremely powerful Navy. Now that's not true anymore. But they would join those task forces because that would mitigate the risk that they would have if they were co cooperating with the United States in a, in a foreign location. Now, our allies look at us and they go, well, you know, and Xi Jinping looks at us and says, well, their allies aren't even joining them. So, I mean, you know, this President Biden guy, he's a crazy. I mean, he, he says he makes a big deal about this and saying, oh, we're going to have this task force. And then his own allies won't even join him. I mean, that's it's terrible. So, you know, they want to cause as much, you know, as much trouble for us around the world as possible. And they're doing a heck of a job right now in, in, uh, in, in the Middle East because we're at odds with our own ally, Israel. You know, Biden and Blinken are constantly saying, well, we, we want you guys to pull back from Gaza now. I mean, you know, they, they go to war and we, we say, Biden says, we're going to be with you, man. We're going to be with you the whole way until we're not. You know, and now they're not. So Xi Jinping just has to sit back and go, well, let's let them hash it out because they're all screwed up. You know, their own allies can't, you know, they're they can't agree on what the course of action should be. And I mean, it's 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 horrendous. I mean, it's a it's a terrible lack of American power and a, a demonstration of American weakness. And as long as we do that, there Iran's going to continue to have its proxies attack us. China's going to continue to do whatever it can, maybe move on Taiwan. What are we going to do about that? We can't even get our allies to join a Red Sea task force. How lucky are we going to be in having allies join you know, an anti-China task force, you know, a thousand miles off the coast of China where they can decimate you with, you know, hypersonic missiles before we can even get in range. I mean, it, it's that kind of a deal. The world is a terrible situation for the United States right now. And until we figure out, figure that out as an entity, we're going to be taken advantage of and our position is going to continue to decline. And and just to add, I mean, again, your Twitter uh, X feed is very uh, resourceful. I frequently retweet uh, Brian Fairchild, the number four, uh, and just one of the recent pieces you shared. Uh, it's an op-ed for Mike Pompeo, regardless of what one thinks of Mike Pompeo. Um, right. It's important to listen to, but the title is accurate, I think. He said Biden has dangerously decayed deterrence and every American is at a risk. Brian, it's time for our break again. The the website is brianfairchildbooks.com. We welcome uh, comments or questions. We'll be right back. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book. 
to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. We are for pets. We do anything for them because they do everything for us. We are for people, for those who love pets unconditionally. We are for good, from adoptions and veterinary care to disaster relief and fighting pet hunger. We stand together to create a better world for pets and families in need. We are PetSmart Charities. For pets, for people, for good. This is the Hervoye Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment here. Time is flying with uh, Brian Fairchild, uh, who served a career um, served as a career CIA case officer. You can check out his book recently published, The Hidden a Griff Harkin novel. He's uh, find him over at brianfairchildbooks.com and do subscribe to his Twitter X uh, account. And um, I mean, so much is is going on. And maybe Brian to ask you, you know, your further thoughts, uh, things that you're um, keeping an eye on, or um, you know, other black swans threats uh, and, and and whatnot. Well, you know it. it it's just even hard to talk about because we're, we're so unprepared. I mean, we don't have a strategy. I mean, so you've seen us go to the Middle East. You see when North Korea fires off a, a few salvos, we send a, a carrier you know, battle group up there. But these are all knee-jerk reactions. They're not part of a plan. And because it's not part of a plan and we haven't identified the enemy yet as being a four-state anti-American military bloc coordinating its actions against us, we're just like shooting in the dark. So, you know, any one of those places, any one of those four states, you know, China, Russia, Iran, or North Korea could launch a black swan incident against us or all of them at the same time. You know, I mean, it, it's, it, you, you can't even come up with this stuff in a novel. If I wrote this in a, in a novel, people would say, oh, that would never happen. That's a, that's a stupid premise, but it's actually what's happening today. And like you and I were just talking about just at the break, I mean, many of these problems that the United States has, well, let, let me just detail exactly what the, the problem is. We call ourselves the United States of America. But in reality, what we American citizens have done is we have negated the word united in the United States of America. Now, you can call us the divided states of America. You can call us the dysfunctional states of America. You can call us the Biden states of America or the Trump states of America or whatever other thing you can come up with. But you can't call us a united group. We're not the United States of America. And so and a lot of these problems are generational. You know, we've got a lot of people in the United States, a lot of young Americans who hate the United States. You know, we got a lot of Americans who would not even think of joining the military. And we have the smallest military, you know, in the past, eight, you know, for eight, the past 80 years, this is the smallest military we've ever had. And we're going up against the four state, you know, anti-American military bloc. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's the worst possible timing 
and the worst possible outcome that we would want. You know, you'd want to have a strong America with with loyal Americans who were patriotic and looked overseas and said, well, those guys are the enemy and we've got to defend our country. And that's not happening. You know, and then you've got a president who appeases these people. And, uh, you know, and then you've got a presidential election going on right now. And everybody cares about the politics and nobody's thinking about what's going on overseas to the extent to where you have the secretary of defense go to the hospital and not tell anybody. And he's out and the president doesn't even know his secretary of defense isn't present for four days. Uh, you know, I can't think of a worse situation. And, and just on recruitment, what you mentioned is interesting. And I saw that article a week ago that said we've got the smallest military since 1940 in the US. And then today I'm reading in the UK, uh, Britain's armed forces recruitment effort is in crisis because Generation Z is not signing up to serve, says the former defense secretary. So it's, it seems like in the West in general, maybe in English speaking countries, we're having these issues. I just I, I did read that I think Germany is talking about reinstating the draft. I read uh, over the weekend Serbia wants to reinstitute it. So it seems like many countries in the West are having issues with recruitment. Is it demographics? And I think we were talking about it's also cultural because we've got this wokeism seeping in and no one wants to serve a woke uh, nation. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the ma major problems that we haven't discussed and and uh, that you and I have discussed before is that this these problems didn't start overnight, right? I mean, basically what happened was, you know, the the Western world follows the lead of the United States. And after the 9-11 attacks, the United States stopped being a strategic oriented country and focused on just counterterrorism. So CIA and the military and all the other intelligence agencies, they weren't looking at China or Russia or China or North Korea or Iran or, or, or you know, anybody else. They were just looking at counterterrorism. And so the rest of the countries in the world who follow our lead did the same thing. So they allowed their military to just focus on counterterrorism, their intelligence agencies just to focus on counterterrorism. And we all had a blast during that 20 year period, except that we allowed the world to grow up around us without realizing the strategic dangers therein. And so, you know, there, there's, therein lies a problem is that this is a generational thing. Not only is it just wokeism, it's, it's, it's a lack of leadership. It's a lack of foresight. It's a lack of anybody in government having a strategic, you know, bone in their body and, you know, capable of thinking of things other than, well, we got to go get what that one terrorism at that corner over there, or we're, you know, or we're, we're going to be dead. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you got to have a plan. You got to have a, a strategic view of the world and, and where you want the United States to be before you can have all those other things follow on. You know, then it makes sense for all those other things to follow on. You want to have civics lessons in class, you know, in schools because you want loyal Americans who will support the strategic plan of the United States government. But we don't have any of that, you know, and, and you know, I, I don't see any any quick solutions to it either, Hervoy. Are, are you seeing any steps in the right direction anyone at least talking about the right things to do well yeah i mean you know you've got i mean you've got people now finally saying oh you know china's a real problem for us and then you've got other people saying well you know first they start out saying well china and russia are never going to cooperate together oh yeah all the historical now they and then you start having them say well this is kind of a problem with this you know china and russia starting to coordinate you know and all this sort of thing 
And then even some of them have started saying, well, you know, China, Russia, and North Korea are kind of like a, a new axis of evil. But in the United States government, Herboye, what happens is a lot of these politicians think that by naming the problem, that's somehow equal to dealing with the problem. And it's not. You know, we have a we have a history of politicians going, oh, you know, our our highways are really terrible and I vote for me and we're going to support those highways and get those highways, you know, fixed up. And then people vote for them. And what do you find out another, you know, 10 years down the line? Other politicians saying, oh, the highways are still, you know, it's like just by admitting that you have a problem, somehow you've taken care of the problem. So people are saying now we have a problem. China's a problem for us. The new axis evil or is getting to be a problem for us. But saying it's a problem and acting on it and getting budgets for it and getting plans for it and building you know military equipment is you know completely different. You know, you can say you acknowledge the problem for your entire you know rest of your life and it'll never get fixed. You've got to have policies in place and those policies have to be funded and then they have to take and take effect and and i don't see that happening i just see people at the very beginning now saying we have a problem at least that's something yeah john stossel who i'm a huge fan of he recently had a segment where uh he actually followed through he he, he reported on i think it was somewhere in new jersey i don't recall where some local town in, introduced uh, a soda tax uh purportedly for would the money would be used for schools or education and the the populace hated it it, it impoverished <laughs> many of the the local people you know businesses and then he he looked later he found that that tax money that was collected from the, uh, the 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 tax on the sodas that it wasn't used for uh education or or, or what they said it would be used for so you know just the, the, you know yeah. speaking to imagine your, that yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> So we're, we're uh, Brian, we're, we are two minutes um, to midnight, you know, any other thoughts, final thoughts, uh, you know, the border crisis continues, the middle class continues to erode through inflation. So, you know, any, any final thoughts, and then uh, you can let us know about um, where, where to find you uh, online. Yeah, I mean, okay, first, let's go to brianfairchildbooks.com. And you can check, I've got a longer bio there. I've got my testimony before Congress and all that. I've got some pictures of me going through the system and growing up in the system and that, that sort of thing. But uh, I mean, you know, the best I can say is for, you know, what I'm trying to do with this podcast right now and all the rest of the podcasts that I do is spread the word allow uh, you know let people know you know give the warning be paul revere and say hey the enemy is coming the enemy is coming we've got to get americans thinking along these lines and then we've got to get the politicians acting along these lines so you know i'm out here and i'm trying to get the word out and i've been on the inside and i'm looking you know i'm looking at the the inside now and the inside's kind of rotten you know and we've got to fix that or we're just going to be continue to be an age, uh, an age, uh, a country in decline, and we're never going, you know, we're never going to regain American greatness. So that that's probably the last thing I would say. Or, or we'll be toast. And you were also on Gareth Gareth Ike's program. I really like Gareth Ike's program, although I don't agree so much with uh, David Ike's stuff. But hey, yeah, they yeah, do a lot yeah. of great they do a lot of great work. And so thanks for coming sure. on. TNT, uh, you know, you're welcome back uh, anytime. Uh, Brian Fairchild books.com, Brian Fairchild 4 on Twitter X. You can check out the hidden Griff Harkin novel. Uh, and uh, Steve Malsberg is up next, so don't touch that 
dial, keep on rocking in the not-so-free world, uh, as Patrick McGuhan used to say, be seeing you.